Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, we'll show you how to start. As I am watching the French Open here at the gym, I come to understand what it's like to be that guy in the corner in the front row, as Bob Euchre used to say. Because, Seth, there's nobody at Roland Garros right now. Nobody. (laughs) Whatsoever. Like, is this unusual? I don't watch the first couple of rounds of the French Open or basically any tennis match or a tennis tournament. But I'm watching this, and there's these, there's these two guys, Milman and Zverev, one from, looks like New Zealand, and one from Germany. And there are probably 50 people. It looks like a Miami Marlins game. I mean, there's nobody there. Is this normal? Or am I just, I just don't watch now, the first round of the French Open very often. No, first of all, you don't probably watch the French Open very often. But I think also it's a first round that's probably on, like, court 96. You know, you're not – it's in two people who probably nobody's ever heard of before. So it doesn't have the same aplomb that going to see a Federer-Djokovic match with. Um, I don't know because I've never been to Roland Garros. And when I go to the U.S. Open, which I try to go to – yeah, every other year, give or take. I It's a little different. I like going to the outside courts because you can sit front row, this, that, the other. Maybe in France it doesn't, you know, the French oh, French Open, it doesn't, the courts aren't as, as easy to access, as accessible. Well, I don't know. Never been. Well I'll, t- well, well, I'll tell you right now, Seth, if you wanted to sit front row, you would have your choice of any seat because there is nobody there. If you'd like no. to call in, and especially if you'd like to call in and you've been to Roland Garros for the French Open, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. We have an unusual show today. Now, normally, you know, Seth and I come on in the morning. We talk right before the show, the morning of, and we're kind of, all right, well, we got the NFL, we got the NBA, we got Major League Baseball, Roland Garros, and so on and so forth. And this morning, Seth calls me up, and it's very unusual for Seth to actually tell me, ask me this. What are we going to talk about? And I was a little yeah. flummoxed because this past weekend, unfortunately, two of, and I'll call them great players of their time, passed away. And you would know them for different reasons, one being Bart Starr, who – if you said Bart Starr, you'd say Green Bay Packers right away. And one was Bill Buckner, and if you said Bill Buckner, you'd say between the legs. And it's unfortunate right. that you have those, that difference of opinion because Bill Buckner was an excellent player. I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves, 2,715 hits. I think he's now getting it now that he has passed away. But during the 6 to 7 to 10 to 12 to 20 years, following the play in 1986, and granted, look, I benefited from that. I'm a Mets fan. He got ripped to shreds 
look, and I, I'm one of those guys that, look, when the when the Mets made the playoffs in, in what was it, five years ago against, against the Dodgers, I thought the best jersey that was at City Field was the, jer- the Mets jersey that said Buckner on the back and said 86. I won't deny that. I thought it was a great jersey. But, man, did this guy get killed. And I'm not sure. And, Seth, you tell me if you can recall any other player. Look, you can put Steve Bartman in that category. But any other legitimate player that makes one, one bad decision in his career, and he's remembered only for that. Because I don't think Buckner gets his due. I think he's totally remembered just for that one play. He is, and it is a shame. Uh, Fred Markle's probably the other guy that would come to mind. Uh, you're a baseball historian. You should be familiar with Sure. Um, yeah, you're talking about 1921. Yeah. Give or take, yeah. A little bit of a different era. And the funny thing is, if you had, if you had, if you had done that today, you know, again, that's now 30 years ago. If you did that today, Think what social media would have done to him. He got crushed in an era in '86. No Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram, none of the rest of the crap. And he was—he was demolished by one play. I mean, I guess another one, Jackie Smith. You know, but you know, from the from doubt, you know, the tight, the I think Hall of Fame esque, if not quite a Hall of Fame uh, tight end that dropped the pass in the Super Bowl against the Steelers, that would have, it could very well have been the difference. Um, and the 35-31 win over the Cowboys. But very rarely is one player who, uh, no, I guess the other question is, would he have been a, forgetting this play, would he have been a, I don't think he was a Hall of Famer, but i got to say he's in the ballpark of people who have been inducted. Okay, so two things. First of all, you have to talk more into the microphone because I can barely hear you, and I have the volume all the way on as loud as it can be. So that's number okay. one. Number, there you go. I like that. And number two, he is very okay. Steve Garvey. He's very Steve Garvey-ish. He's in the Steve Garvey category. Look, he's only made, he only made one All-Star game. He only won one really? batting that title. Surprises me. Yeah. One All-Star game, one batting title. 2,715 hits. That's a, that's a good amount of hits, no question. You may have the, the numbers, but he's not in the realm of – look, when you only make one All-Star game, the baseball All-Star game is the easiest paper. one to make. It's, the baseball All-Star game is the easiest one to make. I mean, there has yeah. to be – let's put it this way. The, the, as ESPN pointed out today, chances are, do you know who's representing the San Francisco Giants in the All-Star game this year? Willie McCovey? Well, Willie McCovey passed away. So, so why don't we pick somebody that's actually a only pick somebody that's actually Alvin, alive? Alvin Dark. Alvin Dark is also Juan dead. Let's try. Juan Marshall. Juan Marshall's alive. Okay, so that that's one. How about Pablo We're Sandoval? Is he? It's 2010 yeah. calling. So Pablo Sandoval is actually. He only has about 115 plate. He has 115 plate appearances, but his OPS plus is like 15th in the league. 
So I think I saw uh, him one amazing series. Yeah, that kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So regardless. But getting back to what we're saying, if you're going to make an All Star in any league, I think the two easiest are probably the Pro Bowl because it seems like everybody makes the Pro Bowl, and and the Baseball All Star game. And Buckner only made one of those. He did win a batting title. He he's kind of in the same realm. Like I said, Steve Garvey, but I'd also put Al Oliver in that category. All oh, very a first good. baseman. Yeah, all very, yeah, very good. All very good. And look, Buckner was a tremendous athlete. I mean, if you think about those teams in the 1970s, those Dodger minor league teams, just think of the minor league team that has Bill Buckner, Steve Garvey, Ron Stay, Bill Russell, Bobby Valentine, Rick Monday. That's well, wait a minute. We're, we're pretty much we're pretty much going doing a decade there. Monday came out in like no. seventy two seven. Oh, sorry, sorry. Mo- Monday was Monday was traded for Buckner. Sorry, but say okay. well, the Dodgers Garvey. won like five Rookie of the Years in a row. In right. The late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, but Buckner didn't do it. I'm just saying Buckner was added to that. It it, it was an inc- he was a he was a very very good player, and if. If you think about other teams where one guy with the epitome of bad play, Jim Marshall, maybe, wrong way Marshall, right? But I'm not sure you put that one. Right, maybe not that one play, but I think those are the types of players. And it's unfortunate because Jim Marshall's a Hall of Famer too. So you're kind of like, how do you? Would Steve Smith? Would Steve Smith from Edmonton fit that? Oh, good for the oh. old. You you like that? I one. like it. I do. I like that. Well done, my friend. Well done. For those that are unaware, we are not talking about Steve Smith, the football player. We are talking about no, we're Steve not. Smith, the hockey player. Steve Smith, there the hockey go. player. When when the um when the Edmonton Oilers were in their run, and I put run in quotes, they had won two straight cups. And they faced Cal- the Calgary Flames. I believe it was in the second round of the NHL playoffs. And Steve Smith actually passed the puck out. This is why you never pass in front of the goalie. He passed in front of the goalie. You hit the goalie skate and went back into his own net. And Edmonton proceeded to lose, which would stop, which would have been probably a run of five or six straight cups, which would have been the best. The best uh, dynasty in in hockey, in hockey history, no question yeah, about I it. Think it the, would be, uh, I, I think you're a little. I think you're a little bit off. I could be wrong here because I didn't look this up. I just were rooted for the Flames. I believe this was the '89 series, the '89 Cup, and in one '85 through '88, and then they would win '90, led by Gretzky, led by led by Messier, and '89 mm. was the only year left. That I thought they it was lost. 87. Hold on. I'm going to get 89. it right now. I, well, 89 I'm driving. is when I Calgary. Die. 89, I believe, is Calgary, Calgary. Montreal. The, yep. Yeah. So, hold on. So and this was Game hockey. 6 of the Western Conference Finals. And I swear to you, I'm doing this off the top of my head. All right. Hold on a second. By the way, he is now an assistant coach for the Sabres, which I did not know. Um, so he put it game seven 
of the Smite Division Final. So that would have been the second round. It's not the conference final. It's the division final. Okay. It was 1986. Ah, that's so right. I, that's when my so beat Calgary, I guess. I, I scored one for that. I scored one for that one. But, yeah, it was right in the middle of that run. So they had won 83-84 against the Islanders, then 84-85, and here we are, 85-86. And then they won 87-88. And they lost 88, 89, and won 90, 91, or 89, 90. Well, 89, yep. 90, and then they lost 90, 91, I think, was the beginning of Pittsburgh. Yep. Yep. And then 90, 91, and then 91, 92, David Volick, or 92, 93. No, no. Either way. 92, so, 93, David Volick. Do you realize David Volick probably gets more recog- – David Volick gets more name recognition on this show – than on any other show in the history of sports. There's nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you. Absolutely nothing <laughs> wrong with that. <laughs> Let me tell you that Steve Smith probably gets more too <laughs> right now. So uh, I don't. So we have a baseball one. Is there a basketball one that would? Who who threw the ball to? Uh, yeah. At the end of the Georgetown game, right? I mean, Fred Fred Brown. Freddie Brown, from, who was the point guard for Georgetown, who threw it to James Worthy in the 82 title game. That's Chris where you're Weber. going with that. Have a Chris, Chris Weber. Weber to me is the most lo- Weber is the most logical. Um, right? You always hear about don't call a timeout like Chris Weber. I mean, yeah. I think – but, and he'll probably be a Hall of Famer too. He should be a Hall of Famer. In, in my mind, he should already be a Hall of Famer. But – so we have the football one, which is Jim Marshall. We have the basketball one. Oh, who's the golfer? The golfer that John uh, Vander- blew like what? John Va- John Vanderveld. The British the Open. He was like up like four strokes, strokes right? and he shot. Yeah, he was up like four strokes and he shot like five over on the last hole. Yeah. I mean, you could also say King Cup, but that's a movie. And uh, if you're looking for anybody else, maybe Dave O'Brien. No, not Dave O'Brien. Dan Johnson. Dan right? Dan, Dan O'Brien. Dan and Dan. No. Dave, and, Dave and Dan. Dave and Dan. So now let's flip the switch. So we, so we recognize Bill Buckner for what he was when he wasn't. When you say Bart Starr, I, I was thinking about this early, earlier this weekend when, when you hear that he passed away. And Bart Starr's been sick for, for a good amount of time. I don't think I equate any other player with the pit, with the Green Bay Packers more than I do Bart Starr. I don't think it's Brett Favre. I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers. I, 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 it's not Don Hudson. Maybe that's just too old, but Starr was at around the same time. Is there any other player? That no, they weren't. No. No, no, no. Hudson played in the 40s. Okay. Well, Starr no. was in the 50s. No, you- so. Late 50s, Star was early 60s. Star was in the late 50s, late 50s and 60s. Um, I think that's fair. Favre may have been able to pass it, except for his last five years where he jumped 97 times. Um, Rodgers, different kind of appeal. Again, it's a different era. But when you're a guy who is the quarterback, now you could say Ray Nitschke, but, you know, when you're the 
when you're the quarterback of a team, when you, when your team wins five championships in seven years, you know, we talk about the quarterback gets probably too much of the credit when you win and too much of the blame when you lose. And, look, and I'm not saying he deserves less credit than what he's received, but the name recognition, the two names that, that are most synonymous with the Green Bay Packers are pro- for people who are over the age of 30, are probably Bart Starr and Vince Lombardi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And when you look down the NFL teams, and I was trying to do this too, in that if you name the team, could you give me a guy that's 100%? But to me, you say the Packers, you, you think of Bart Starr. You just do, or I do, anyway. I'm looking at okay. some of these teams. Like, all right, do so you say the Cowboys? Is there one guy? Because I don't think there is. If there's one guy, it would be Roger Staubach. Yeah, right. But you can name. Okay, so let's go. Yeah, you can name. You, got you, can, Eagles. you can name a thousand different guys. You got the Eagles. Can you name somebody? One guy. Because I I don't think there's any. Not guy. really. No. Okay, so the Redskins. The Redskins. Nobody. No. Not the main. Nobody. The, no. Even the Giants. I mean, the Giants to Johnny me. Johnny Flores Taylor or Frank Gifford. Either of those two. You see, and to me, it was Phil Simms. Even if you, you don't have to be the best guy in order to be named the guy that you find most synonymous with them. Maybe Taylor. You're probably right with Taylor. Okay. The Rams. The Rams don't have anybody like that, right? Nobody. Nobody. Okay. The Seahawks. Nobody. Nobody. The Niners is Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Okay, and the Cardinals is nobody. Maybe Pat Tillman. Agreed. Or Larry Fitzgerald. Like uh, like those are your guys. The Bears are Buckus or or Peyton, right? Bears are Buckus. Bears are Buckus, I would think. Okay, and the Vikings are Franz Harkenden? I don't know who the Vikings would be. It could be, I don't, I guess. Okay. But I really don't know. Are, the Lions are Bobby Lane, Night Train Bobby Lane, Lane, or, or Barry, Barry Sanders. Or, Bar- or Barry, Barry Sanders. Sanders. Okay. Well, the nobody knows Night Train Lane, no. Right. Okay. The Saints are either Archie Manning or Drew Brees. I think they're Drew Brees. Okay, the Falcons, I don't know of anybody. Dion. But that's about but oh. no, there's nobody. There's okay, nobody. the Panthers or Cam Panthers or Cam Newton. I'm not sure he deserves it, but he, it's certainly the name. It's Cam Newton. Yeah, I would think so. And the Buccaneers are just losing. In general. No, you could say Warren Sapp. Or Derek Brooks, or someone like that. When I think, I think Tampa, the first name that would come to mind is or one of those two guys. Okay, so the Patriots are Tom Brady forever yep. and a day. The Dolphins are Dan Marino. The Bills yes. are the Bills Jim are the Bills Jim Kelly or OJ Simpson? I, I think, think they're OJ. OJ. Simpson. And the Jets are Joe Namath. 
So the AFC East is the only one with so far four guys. All four that are pretty much non. There's no argument to them. Okay, so let's go into the South. The Texans are too new. I don't put anybody with the Texans. Maybe JJ Watt eventually. And congratulations yeah, on his, like, yeah, on his no, on, and congratulations on his nuptials. But uh, so far, JJ Watt. The Colts are Peyton Manning or Raymond Barry. No, Johnny Unitas. Or Johnny. I knew I was getting somebody. Johnny and I. The Titans, which are also the Nobody. Oilers. They would pro- if you're going to include okay. the Oilers, it's probably Earl Campbell. But, again, that's, a, that's, a, that's an iffy one. Okay, and the Jaguars have nobody because they just haven't been around nobody. long enough. Okay, the Chiefs. Derek Thomas? I don't think the Chiefs have anybody. Okay, the Chargers, Philip Rivers, or Lance Allworth, or Kellen Winslow. And I'm not sure it's any of them, actually. I don't think it's any of them. If it was any of those, I would probably say Winslow, because he had the greatest. When I think of the Chargers, the the picture that I most associate is him being physically taken off the field against Miami in the 81 uh, double overtime playoff game. Okay. I got to tell you, for the Raiders, it's not a player. It's Al Davis. It's Al Davis. That's a given. Yep. Okay. So let's go to the AFC. Uh, the Broncos is John L.A. Yep. Okay. The AFC North. The Ravens is Ray Lewis. Yes. The Steelers. Who are the Steelers? They have so many. Mean Joe Green. Yeah. If it's one, I'd probably say Mean Joe Green. But, but I wouldn't, a, a, I wouldn't say many. there's one. Yeah, there's not no. one. Okay, the Browns is Jim Brown. Yes. And the Bengals are, I don't think there is one. There, is one, there isn't any. Okay, so you can make the case I would, I would actually say I would actually say Paul Brown for the Bengals. Okay. So the point is, ladies and gentlemen, while you have a Bart Starr, and I think the most impressive thing about Bart, of all those players that we just mentioned, Bart Starr is by far the oldest one. The next oldest is Jim Brown, and that's what? Ten years later? Give or take? No, they're the same. No, no they're, they're the same, same time they're, period. They're contemporaries. Same time. They're, same time period. They're, they're contemporaries. But the difference so is Jim Brown are, was considered the greatest player. Jim Brown was the greatest player of all time. You know, potentially still is. You know, Bart Starr was a great player, but not at that tier. Would you be surprised if I told you that Bart Starr still has the best playoff rating for a QB in history? Uh... I wouldn't really have an opinion on it one way or the other. It was a different era. They didn't right. throw the ball very much. I mean, and you had two Hall of Fame running backs in Paul Horning and Jim Taylor. So, I, I'm not sure. Impressive, but I'm not sure if it's a, if, a, if the correlation works to, to this generation so Bart, of NFL, this era of NFL. 
So Bart Starr threw 14 touchdowns and only threw two INTs in all of his playoff games. Now, granted, there weren't a whole lot of playoff games to be had, but 14 and two in any era is quite yeah. impressive. And it's Joe Flacco. And it's, it's Joe Flacco-ish <laughs> for one year. That is. <laughs> So next year we will be picking up Bart Starr for our fantasy league. Um, we might just change our name from Seth and Sean to the Bart Starr touchdown versus interception ratio because we might actually we would do well. We would probably go four going. and nine. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. So we had the untimely death of those two play those two talents this year. This year, and I would call them legends in their own way. Bart Starr being probably. The be- as we said, the best quarter, one of the top two or three best quarterbacks in Packers history, and Bill Buckner, an undes- undeserving. Let's understand how undeserving this was that he got all the crap after this. So, for those that are not of age, and I say of age being Seth and my age, being we were ten years old when this happened. When Bill, when that ball went through Bill Buckner's leg, two things happened. First of all. The game was tied. They didn't lose. They didn't, even if Buckner makes that pick, number one, you're not sure that he can, he can run to get out Mookie Wilson. I don't think he would have made it anyway. You can't tell. Number two, even if he does, we're still going to extra innings. So for all the crap that Bill Buckner gets, you might want to give a little bit to Bob Stanley and Calvin Calvin. Calvin. Seriously. Seriously. I mean, and then another thing that people that are not of age don't understand is that that was game six. The Red Sox were up game seven behind Bruce Hurst, who Bruce Hurst was the equivalent of of Mike Scott that year. The Mets couldn't touch Bruce Hurst. Then all of a sudden, in the seventh inning, they started hitting. And I'll tell you, I would say 60 to 70% of Mets fans probably turned off the game in the sixth inning because there was no way we were beating Bruce Hurst. And we did. But the fact is that Bill Buckner gets a whole lot of crap and perpetually has gotten a whole lot of crap for something that really was not his fault. He shouldn't have been in the field. Dave Stapleton had forever that year been brought in for defensive purposes because Buckner couldn't move his legs, and he wasn't brought in. And John McNamara totally messed that up. Not John McGraw. We're not talking about 90 years ago. John McNamara. But you know what? Rest in peace, Mr. Buckner. I'm glad for those that did not see in 2000, and I think it was 2004, he came back to Fenway and got a four-minute standing ovation. Well-deserved, and threw out the first pitch to, to Dwight Evans. But you're right, Seth. I could not imagine what he would get today. I don't know any player that has gotten the scrutiny that he has got, that he got even back then, and whether that would even work today. You'd probably have to pick yourself off of – So, yeah, you'd have to take yourself off social media. And to his credit, you know, he handled it very well. 
Well, he left. Boston. I mean, he left. Well, he left Boston, but you didn't hear. You didn't really hear massive retorts against Boston or anything along those lines from him. He just kind of went into seclusion, which I think he moved. I think well, he retired. He didn't retire he right to, after. He moved to Idaho. He moved, he to, moved Idaho. to Idaho. Yeah. And let me tell you, is that handling it well? Is that fair? I don't. Because to me, that's not handling it well. That's 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 doing what you have to do it. to survive. That's that's Steve Bartman. That's Steve Bartman territory where you have to go into seclusion. We we talk about sports, you and I, on Tuesday afternoons because we enjoy it because it's an escape from you being a CPA and me being an attorney. This is not life, ladies and gentlemen, and and. And the concept that somebody would ever have to go into seclusion for something that he or she does on a ball field or on a pitch or on a court or a course is to me is ridiculous. I think that's just downright awful. But again, rest in peace, Mr. Buckner. Um, so we, from from the point of having two. Legends in their own head, in their in their own way pass away. We also have two finals that for different sports that are starting this week or have started. Number one, I'd like to give myself a little bit of credit. You can pat me on the back too, in the fact that I did predict the Raptors in six games. The first time I have gotten anything you right, did. I believe since two thousand and fourteen. <laughs> well done, sir. Thank you. But it, but it played out exactly how the Raptors needed it to play, right? I mean, they played defense. They got enough out of guys that are not named Kawhi Leonard. And they got Kawhi Leonard. Look, I know, Seth, you have, you have said that Kawhi Leonard cannot be the best player in basketball because he only plays 60 to 65 games a year. I can respect that. But He's certainly playing like the best player in basketball right now. He is. He is. He, he, he was sensational. And it's interesting that a veteran team, because you're looking at, um, you know, guys like – it's an interesting mix of guys like Casal and Kyle Lowry. And then you have the younger guy, Van Fleet, who is awful – for the beginning of the series and couldn't miss at the end. And, you know, and uh, System, who is not great, but needs to be great in this upcoming series. You know, it's it's an interesting mix of a team. And they simply outplayed Milwaukee. And the, if you remember, I was really trying to, ha- I was really hedging on this when we picked it last week. Because I looked at Toronto's secondary supporting staff supporting team. I looked at Milwaukee supporting team, and Toronto did seem better. But they hadn't played that way. And not that they were fantastic, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, Milwaukee's second best series was Brooke Lopez. Now, Brooke is a very nice player, but Brooke Lopez is not, for two, is not, is not getting you to the conference finals. He's not getting you to the finals. Excuse me. No, as a whole. But all, all credit Chris to you Mi- on this one. 
Chris Middleton did not show up. Eric Bledsoe certainly did not show up. Eric Bledsoe should be lucky that he got his contract before the before the playoffs. Because I'm not sure he wouldn't have lost money based on that. He had no shot whatsoever. And I don't mean no shot in the concept that he had no shot of getting anything in. He just couldn't shoot the ball. He was shooting like yeah. three-point land. He was shooting like 20% from three. That's never going to get it done as a second or a third option. So let's move on to where we are today. First of all, do you think that the rest, and there isn't a huge, there's nine to ten days rest for the Golden State Warriors, benefit or detriment, knowing that Durant is still not playing? Detriment if Durant and Cousins don't come back. Positive if they do. Uh, I, now, the expectation is Durant is out for Thursday night's game. And my gut feeling is he's out for the series. Um, but, you know, just kind of based on what I've read, if the injury is worse than if they, what they had anticipated, I'm assuming. For a team that played so well, and I thought they were brilliant against Portland, I don't think they would need nine to ten days off. Yeah, maybe it helps Iggy a little bit. But it does kind of have that feel of that team making their last run as it, as they are as they are currently formed, as they are currently put together. Well, let's think about who won't be there next year. If you're saying this is their last run, the team, the way it stands, other than Durant will let, and Cousins, both of which are not part of that core, will likely all be there next year. They're not going anywhere. Unless well, you think that yes, – unless you're talking about Iguodala just getting older and time catching up, which is definitely a, a Igu- concern. Iguodala getting older, and then at some point you're not going to be able to – you may not be able to max out both Clay and Draymond. And they're both going to want to be maxed out. So you do have to trade Draymond. The only certainty well, you have next year is Curry. How, I'm sorry. Remember, I Clay's a free agent. Much, well, no. Clay's the not only, a free agent. Uh, let's, let, yes, Clay's, he I know, he's a free agent in name only. <laughs> Most do you likely. think there's any shot but, that Clay is not coming back? I think it's unlikely that he's not going to come back. Um, okay. But I don't know if they're going to be, I don't know if they're going to assign Clay and Draymond to max deals. Draymond has one year left after this. Correct. Um, and Draymond's going to want a max deal. And so if suddenly you don't have, you don't have, you don't have, um, you don't have you you don't have Durant. We all think is probably leaving. You probably don't have Cousins. Iguodala may be retiring. You have Curry. You're not sure what you're getting with Draymond. Whether they're gonna whether it's gonna be worth it for them to trade him to make one more run with him. I don't know. And yes, I do believe you're gonna keep Clay. But no, you're we're talking. 
significant upheaval with this team. Unless we're completely misreading the Durant situation. Which I don't well, think we are, but we could be. Let's understand, if we're misreading the Durant situation, so is everybody else. It's not, it's not like you and I yeah, are the I'm, only two misreading that. But I'm smarter than everybody else. Okay, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, Seth. Anyway. No. Oh, Seth. <laughs> oh, Seth. No, the, look, I get what you're saying, and I understand it. I'm not really sure that this is the uh, – look, if, you, if you're – and we can talk about this a little bit more when free agency comes about, I, and the fact that Clay Thompson did, is not getting a Supermax contract. But, man, that reaction was awesome um, that he had. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think he deserved it. I don't think he was one of the top – I don't think he was better than Kemba Walker this year. But, man, he sure as hell thought so. Um, give yeah. up about $30 million. But the fact remains, I'm not sure that this team is, as it's constituted, is going to be that much different. I think, yes, you'll lose Durant. Yes, you lose Cousins. But neither one of those two guys has really been on, quote, the team this year. With regards to the other guys, I think Draymond comes back. I think Clay comes back. I think Curry comes back. I think Iguodala comes back, especially if they lose. I think. Mean- do you think they're going to lose? You know, in the back of my mind, I do. I think I'm, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't think that this rest is going to help them. I think it's going to hurt them. I'm picking – you know what? It's funny because I'm picking a team and I'm picking an amount of games. That if I lose, everybody will be like, yeah, of course they do. Of, of course you lost because the Warriors are the best team in the world. And maybe that's why I'm picking against them. But the way that the Raptors were playing, the Raptors are a team, especially if they got OG, and I can never pronounce the guy's name, the, the last yeah, name. Yeah, I cannot be. Right. What's that? I cannot. I, I know who you're talking about. Indiana Garden. Okay. Yeah, the Indiana Guard, right. If they get him back, I think they have defensively a team that can match up, that can run around with the Currys, with the Thompsons, with the, with the, with the Draymond Green. I think depth's a problem with this, with this Warriors team. I think you're running into the wrong team. I think to, if there is a team out there that can beat this team, I think Toronto is the best capable team to do it. If they get hot with three-point shooting like Van Fleet, like Leonard, like Danny Green, who has not been shooting well at all. He's been awful. This, yes, but this is a team that can match up with, with, the, with the Warriors. I'm going to pick the Raptors in six games. I don't Woo! even think they go seven. I know. Woo! Rick Flair life. I like it. I like it. I know I'm coming off a, a winning streak. I'm coming off a winning streak here, so maybe I'm playing with with uh, with fool's gold. With riding money, it. But I, I, I'm riding it. I'm riding the Raptors, and I think that you're going to see a championship in Canada for the first time since 1992. <laughs> 93. Excuse me, 93. 93. 93. 93. Uh, when Joe, Joe touched, Carter. When Joe touched them all. 
Joe, you touch know, the ball, Joe, Joe Carter, Molson, you know, Molson triple, Molson, it, it's like moonshine, as they said in Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Yes, even I recognize that quote. Um, <laughs> no, I, I understand the point. And this was this was the bench of last year. With Toronto, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. I don't. We don't know where we're, we're going to get from Aganavi when he comes back. Van Fleet was awful the first two series. It was great the last four games. Gasol has not been great. Lowry's been very good. I agree. It is not a great matchup for Golden State. Um, that being said... Are, Toronto is just too inconsistent for me to read. Um, I'm going with Golden State. I'm going in seven. I think it's a hell of a series. Of course, I said that the Western Conference Final was going to be a hell of a series too. And he did. Although the games were the games were fun, they were fun games. But you know the class the class prevailed, and I think it will here too. And Stephen Curry, which I don't understand why anyone cares about this, will get his long-awaited final and finals MVP. Why this is a big deal is beyond me. Well, that you is, know he can't not make a the Hall of Fame. He can't make the Hall of Fame. He can't be one of the top five ever if he doesn't have a finals MVP. I mean, good I Lord. going to make <laughs> It's all about the it's, like it's all about at, the hardware, man. Good lord! When you look at the Super Bowl, look how many Super Bowl MVPs have been terrible. I'm looking at you, Larry Smith, Dexter Jackson. No, I mean, you mean Larry Brown. Larry Brown, Larry not Brown, Larry Smith. Larry Brown. You know, Dexter Jackson. I mean, there's been some really mediocre players. You cannot Let me ask. A, a, a career. Sorry, go ahead. Well, two things. Two things. First of all, I was kidding. I know there's no way that that is a reflection on whether you're making the Hall of Fame no, or not. People, but have you read all the crap about this in his finals MVP? Good God. No, I have not. No, I have not. I, I, I try and stay He's away from, a lot of grief. from the... He's caught a lot of People are stupid. I mean, really stupid. <laughs> Okay, let let me ask you this, Seth, from from one person to another. Is this the first time you're figuring out that people are inherently stupid? No, I've read comments on every sports website. Believe me, <laughs> a lot of people are stupid. I mean, look, ask any woman. They'll tell you every man is stupid. Like, we're just stupid people. I, I, so, I know, I'm married. I'm told all the time. I know. <laughs> But the the point that I'm trying to make is that, well, the one thing that Stephen Curry doesn't have to worry about is he got his money. I mean, Dexter Jackson and Larry Brown only got, and, and your man Joe Flacco, only got their money after becoming Super Bowl MVP. So at least Stephen Curry has his money. And a lot of money. <laughs> a lot. A lot of money. So, so yeah, you think I, it's going to go seven games? I... You know, you said something a couple of minutes ago that was a little startling to me. 
Who do you think – you said you, if, if Toronto had their bench from last year, who did they lose? Maybe I'm missing somebody. But, but I'm going through it in my head, and I can't come up with anybody significant that the team – except for DeRozan and Vocal, well, DeRozan, the guys that were traded. Okay. The guys that were traded. I don't find lost. their be- the best – the better way to put it was well, they lost Vasilevskis also, but the better That's way true. to put it is their players haven't. I don't think bench has played as well. Forget the last two or three games where they were sensational. Van Vliet hasn't been as good this year. DeLon Wright has gone. Poto's gone. Aganabi's been injured. There's been a lot of yeah. Because remember, going into the playoffs. A lot of people had Toronto as the number four team behind the Celtics, behind the Sixers, behind the Bucks. Is that an indication, you know, though, Seth? Is that an indication of how well, of how poorly the Raptors were or how overrated people had the 76ers, the Celtics, and the Bucks? Because to me, the 76ers and Celtics were played like trash. It's not that the it's not that the Raptors were so much better. It's it's that when you went into the playoffs, you thought that you were getting a different Celtics and different seventy sixer team than you actually got. Well, first of all, the seventy sixers were within one four bounce jump shot of potentially making the Eastern Conference Finals. So, you know, if you're going to put it that way, the Sixers were, were even with Toronto. Boston was just terrible this year. There's no other way to put it. Um, I don't think – look, Toronto has not been great. They were not great against Philly. They were not great against Orlando. They were really good the last four games against Milwaukee. But Milwaukee, in a lot of ways, fell apart. And Budenholzer, for all the credit that he gets, did not make the adjustments that Toronto did. Now, I mean, credit to your jury. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to trade the most, you know, the favorite player in the, in the history of your franchise and the defending coach of the year and to fire the coach of the year. But Nick Nurse made adjustments at 2-0. Budenholzer didn't make additional adjustments. And that Milwaukee team just looked frozen the last couple games. Ironically, except for, except for Brooke Lopez, which weirds me out <laughs> to no end. Well, you wonder where that Brooke Lopez was when the Nets needed him. Um well, the Nets were never good enough where it mattered. That's probably true. It's, uh, it's actually true. But, yeah, I mean, you talk about a team that may not come back as constituted. I mean, this Milwaukee team could be broken up six ways to Sunday, right? I mean, Middleton could be gone. Yeah. Um, Miracek, who didn't play at all. He's I gone. was shocked. I was shocked he didn't play. Shocked. Like, you need an offense. He's instant offense. He may not be defense, but 
They didn't have any problem playing defense. They had problem playing getting buckets. Where the heck was he? Bledsoe's re-signed, but Lopez is a free agent. Your your second best player in in the Eastern Conference Finals, Brooke Lopez, is a free. Am I wrong? Yeah, it's but hard for me. But Sean, am I wrong? It's am hard I wrong for me with to that say comment? that. No, it's hard for me to say that. But when they needed yeah, a bucket, the they went to him. Yeah. They went to him. They didn't go to Miracic. They didn't go to Bledsoe. They didn't go to their max player, Chris Middleton, who I think lost a lot of money in that series. Look, there. He's going to be. He's going to be. He's going to be wanted because, for lack of a better anything else, right? Because everybody's got cap. There are lots of teams that have cap room, but you can't have a guy disappear like that the way he did, and command max money. And that's exactly what he's going to get. He's going to get max money from a team like the Knicks, and I'm just going to put my head between my legs and start puking. Because he's your Amari, he's, well, he's like the Amari Stoudemire of 2000 and whatever. He's the state, he, he's the fallback because we can't get anybody else. And it's just, you don't think you're getting anybody. We, you don't think you're getting anyone else. Look, I think you're getting Durant. I, I do. I think the Knicks are getting Durant. I don't think they're getting Kyrie. And if they don't get Kyrie, the smart move. And we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks. The smart move would then be keeping their cap space till next year. But this is the New York Knicks you're talking about. This won't ever happen, especially if you get Durant. So you're going to go and get a Kemba Walker, or you're going to get a Chris Middleton, who you're going to pay $40 million to over the next five years, four years, whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, look, you and I talked about this the other day with regards to Chris, to um, uh, what that, James Harden and, and Chris Paul, right? These contracts are out of whack. Giannis is going to get a five-year, $250 million contract next year, an extension. Set that $50 million a year, guaranteed. It, it, it's it's mind-boggling to me. The money that it, that is around is mind-boggling. Anyway, so we have another finals that is going on right now. Bought in in the how do I, I want to come up with a with a cool name for the NHL that nobody pays attention to, the National Something League that nobody pays attention to. But really, nobody's paying attention outside of Boston and outside of St. Louis. Nobody's paying attention to that series. Boston wins four to two last yep. night. My Facebook my Facebook uh, feed goes nuts because of all my Boston friends who are going, Charlie McAvoy, Charlie McAvoy, Charlie McAvoy. And if you're outside of the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show or one half of the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show, you don't even know who Charlie he's a McAvoy is. He's a, def- <laughs> he's a defenseman for the Bruins. Very good. Do you know who, do you know who Coyle is, who is their second leading scorer this this playoff series? Charlie Coyle. I know the name, but nothing more, really. All right, fair enough. So he was acquired from the wild earlier this year. But the fact remains, it's one of those series that nobody outside of two distinct areas in the United States care about. And if they do care about it, maybe they care about it, but nobody else in the whole damn town that they live in cares about it. So Boston's up one to nothing. 
Look, I so want St. Louis to win this. Not because I hate Boston anymore, but St. Louis, every year St. L- I pick St. Louis to make the finals, and this year they finally did, and of course I didn't pick them. And it would be nice for them to win something. I mean, look, this, the last time that the, the Blues were in a final was against these same Boston Bruins in 1970, the year of the dive from Bobby Orr. And and yep. the and the thing that people do not recall or do not even think about is the team with the second longest playoff streak in NHL history is this is the St. Louis Blues. They made the they made the playoffs twenty five straight times in nineteen seventy and nineteen ninety five. That's insane. I could only wish that the Islanders would make it half that much, but I don't think they have a chance. I, uh, well, a chance, yes. A win, a winning chance, no. I'm going to pick the, the Bruins in six games. They're going to win it in St. Louis, which makes it even worse. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I agree with you. Yeah, I know you're not as anti-Bruins as other Boston teams, but, man, I kind of get a little tired of them. But I agree, they're a better <laughs> team, Tuka Raskin. Duka Rask is a better yeah. goalie, although Jordan Billington has been excellent. Um, I just think Boston's a better team. Boston in five. Well, that means it gets one in Boston. God help us all. But the fact, it's about time somebody else wins. And this all got set up perfectly for Boston. It really did. With, with Tampa Bay losing early and Boston having, I won't say a cakewalk to the finals, but Facing Carolina is not the same as facing Tampa Bay. So they certainly yep. had a be- a better shot than what they anticipated having earlier in the year. So we have about seven minutes, six minutes left. You know, this week was unfortunate in the fact that we had so many deaths. And we had a couple of more that occurred in the journalism world. Uh, I know that there was a, a couple of not there was a journalist in Minnesota that passed away. The Ohio, I think it was an Ohio State assistant coach, passed away as well in a car accident, or had his wife pass away in a no, car accident. It was the wife and daughter of the Wisconsin of Wisconsin's assistant. Wisconsin, coach. Wisconsin. Yeah, and and when you when I read those two articles, look, I don't know any of these people personally. But at the same time, you're just thankful. I mean, on the both of the both of the accidents were caused by teenagers, 17 years old, on the wrong side of the road. Watch what you're driving. Be careful when you drive. Be careful when you do things, and make the world a, a safer place. I mean, it, it it sounds rudimentary. It sounds very very plain and ordinary that you should be doing this with your time, but it's exactly the case. So, Seth, I, I, I yield to you with five minutes to go. If you'd like to come back to me at, at, at some point, I'm happy to do that. But I yield the floor. Um, nothing too exciting really to discuss on my end for the final five. Uh, I guess the one thing I kind of found a little funny was Urban Meyer came out and said he was probably done with coaching. And... I just got to roll my eyes a little bit because I feel like I've heard this story before. 
And how many times? You know damn well, probably two, <laughs> three, four times the lady. Um, you know, we've heard this before. USC is probably going to need a new coach next year. Do you really think he's not going to take the job? Do you really think that whether it's Lynn Swan, that Lynn Swan is going to is going to take a chance on an interim coach again or a small coach? No, he's going to want to make a splash. He's going to offer the money. He's going to offer Urban L.A. And we're going to be in the same situation that we are now, or that we were a couple of years ago. And you know what, Urban, you're a, you're a great coach. You're actually a really good announcer out of what I've heard you do. Stick with the announcing. You've done Florida. You've done Ohio State. Unless you're going to do the five, you're going to do the two other five. You're going to do all five conferences. Call it a day. And get your get your head right. health and gear. And we'll go from there. All right. So you can come back to me because uh, we do have four more minutes left. First of all, a all very yours. happy belated, a very happy belated birthday to your wife, who you oh, should yeah, have been her. wishing a happy <laughs> birthday to. Oh yeah, her. Uh, the one that runs the Cayman's household and allows uh, Seth to co-host the show. So I, I am, I am very thankful for her presence in your life. Yes, <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> Are you saying that with a straight face? Yes, absolutely, because it means I don't manage you anymore. <laughs> you have somebody that does that. It's not me. But, but truth be told, look. I've never seen you happier with two kids and uh, and and your wife. And the fact is, she makes you, I don't know about she that. makes you roll. Uh, I I do. Yeah, I does. do. She makes you roll. She makes you roll. And uh, sometimes that is rolling on the floor, but certainly roll nonetheless. But the fact is, happy birthday, Carly. Um, I hope you had a great 40th. Sorry, I wasn't there. But I was with you in spirit, if that helped in any shape or, or form. Uh, so before we sign off, next week we will uh, go through the, the NBA Finals. You know what? It, it seems like every week something different pops up, and we'll certainly address that like we did Bart Starr and Bill Buckner this week. We'll have a question of the day next week because we do have a couple of weeks until the NBA draft. And uh, – that will be again. We're bored. How badly? <laughs> how badly can Sean and Seth pick the NBA draft? But but we'll give it a go again, and then free agency there too at the end of June. So for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio, and we thank you for joining us. And be safe out there, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye.